Welcome back to season two of the Black Women Working podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. How is everyone doing? Good, thank you. Good. No, 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 no. More energy, guys. More energy. How is everyone doing? I'm good. I'm amazing. We also have our special guest, Maria, with us. You're welcome. Hello. Hello. She said you're welcome. Um, just a quick reminder to follow us on our shows, socials. Let me speak properly. Socials, BWW Podcast UK, and that's on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat now. And if you hashtag us, it's the same thing. So BWW Podcast UK. So first order of the day is the quote of the day. Um, it's a Michelle Obama quote, and it reads. Women in particular need to keep an eye on their physical and mental health because we are, because if we are scurrying from appointment to appointment and errands, we don't have a lot of time to take care of ourselves. We need to do a better job of putting ourselves higher on our to-do list. Mm. And I have so many to-do lists. Is my name on there? Mm. Not one. Mm. <laughs> Is my name there? Not one. Oh my God. Okay, so yeah, babes. please guys, try and put yourselves first for once. That's if why that's... her hair's been curly recently since she's come out of the White House. Have you noticed? <laughs> she's, done, she's, done <laughs> a loose, she's done a loose wave to let everyone know Maria, she's chilling. Don't kill me today. My these are the facts. These it's are the facts. facts. It's true. Kill me it's true. Today. And that's Rachel. why Obama looks younger she's now. She's reclaiming her blackness. Yes, they're reclaiming their time. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mum Maria, don't kill me today. <laughs> Rachel. So today we are here to talk about long-term health conditions and illnesses that people may have um so we're going to hear from the town hall ladies first and then we'll get into our discussion a colleague of mine who i would consider like a mum second mum to me um unfortunately had to take a year off due to um complications with um her own health and childcare. and i don't know it was weird because it was like oh i always had her when i came in and all that she was always like the, the like the big sister like the auntie to me like in the workplace and then obviously I saw one of my managers who unfortunately is not black, but I overheard a conversation about her saying, well, this whole career leave thing is not really appropriate for her to take because of X, Y, and Z because of her personal situation. And obviously I do my research. I checked up on the NHS sickness leave and I actually confronted my manager said, actually she can take this because you've actually listed out in the trust. This is why she's allowed to take it. And from that day on, me and my manager are like, oil and water she doesn't even mm. like me i don't like her i will defend my sisters mm-hmm. and then another colleague of mine who's like close in age with me she had to take a career leave as well she's just had her fourth baby and i could i really congratulate on her back because i couldn't do it at the age of 26 but personally i said to her you know what you take it it's within the trust rights you can do it you do it and obviously my manager wasn't happy da, da, da. This time, I just escalated it. I just couldn't bother. I escalated it to the matron. I escalated it to the director. And they were like, they have the right to do it. They have long-term health conditions. We're the NHS. We look after people like this. Why can't we give it to these women? And I didn't want to point out it may be potential racism or something like that, because I didn't want to be the aggressive one. But I just said out blatantly, like, you know what? There's 75% of us theater nurses who are black. And she's, you know, that, that ethnic minority as well. She doesn't feel comfortable with us taking sick leave off. And, you know, I said to myself, you know, if I take a sick leave off, is she going to say something? Is she going to talk about it? Is she going to gossip to other people? And I was just like, you know what? Let me just take... I actually purposely did do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. But I did take a sick day leave off. And I was actually... I did actually fall ill, actually. That was my bad. Um, And I came back. No one talked about it. No one talked about me. So, like, why, why were my other colleagues talked about? Like, I don't understand. And then I, well, you shouldn't do this, but I personally grabbed a professor who I do, th- like, surgeries with. And he said, the reason I didn't talk about you is because you're always here. Mm-hmm. You're always doing the work. Those other women, they're always here, they're always doing the work, but unfortunately, they've been here longer than you, so they're expected to stay here longer than you. You've been here two years, you've progressed, you're in a band six, you're expected to be a liver transplant nurse, hopefully by next year, if I see you there, and I was just like, so everyone's relying on me to ask, like, move up and be better than all my other sisters who are older than me. And I'm just like, that's not fair. Like, that's not fair. Like, they're ill. To me, mentally, if you're, even if mentally you're ill, like, I still think that's considered a sick leave. But because personally, the condition that my first, second mama, who I really liked, unfortunately, apparently it's not 
a mental illness, but I think it is, and I can't talk about it because it's a personal mm. illness, but I think it is, especially within the African community, because her side of the community don't believe that you should take sick leave off because of this illness, but I researched it myself that this illness can potentially be harmful to her if she considers staying in work, like her mandolin handling courses, her um, her health and safety is at risk. Her, it's not even just like physical stuff. Mentally, she's not prepared to work with me in theatre. Like she could do one minor mistake and she'd be struck off the NMC register, and then I, you know, you're losing a potential really good nurse. So, for me, long-term health conditions, especially with black women, it's it's a really bad stigma, especially with certain health conditions, like certain infectious diseases. Like you're already labelled as a flight risk. So what's the point of you working there in the first place? But it's not often talked about. So to our discussion, where am I? To our discussion, um, we just wanted to ask Maria some questions and then we were going to bounce off that and see how everybody's feeling after that. So the question, the first question is for the listeners. Can you just let them know like what illness you have and how does it affect you daily? Okay, so my main illness is sickle cell anemia, but I'm an overachiever, so I have more than one. <laughs> I also have fibromyalgia and just a, mm. just a touch of asthma. So um, those sickle cell is a blood disorder, mm. um, which, if you don't know, means that your red blood cells are supposed to all be round. Some of mine are moon-shaped, and not the round moon, the sickle one, hence the name. And... Your blood cells, red blood cells, is what carries your nutrients, your oxygen, all those things. So if they're not all the same shape, they get stuck. Chaos ensues, basically. Mm-hmm. Fibromyalgia is a connective tissue disorder um, and has, I think, over 50 um, associated symptoms that are just connected to it for the sake of pettiness, I believe. <laughs> there's no like, there's no real rhyme or reason behind it, but it's something that is... Very people find very hard to live with mm. things like fatigue and mm. just aches and pains, things like that, and um, asthma. If you don't know asthma, come off this podcast because you're not on the level. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Every day something. <laughs> everyone's got asthma. Every day wow. some. Everyone's got asthma. We're living in this country with pollution. You should have asthma. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Recently diagnosed again. Right. Here. Really, I had to get my I got a pump. Literally, my the other pump day. Last week. Yeah. Oh, shout out to the blue pump. Yeah, yeah. Under <laughs> under brown if you're about no, it. I'm not. I'm not on those levels. 1990s. So how is it affecting you daily on a day-to-day? Um, okay, I think I'm going to do this a bit different than when I usually speak about it. And I'm going to speak about the positives first. Mm. So I think one of the positive things is that growing up, I had a very fast metabolism, which meant I used to eat a lot and stay slim. So haters be hating. Mm. Um, second thing I think is, I also think it might be the reason why I have such amazing skin. I know this is a podcast because you can't yeah, see it. Yeah, your skin is amazing. Is, yeah, it's really flawless. flawless. Oh my God. You're right, you're right, you're right. And I think there's some, <laughs> no, I think there's a science behind it No, we're going to put a picture of Maria up, boy. <laughs> she can go into work shining. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> asthma, asthma, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> um, and but also I think the biggest thing is that it gives me a different perspective and outlook on life Mm. I think because I've always been aware of the fragility of it I've always approached Mm. things differently so here's the not so great stuff I have to um it's made me someone that is an overachiever Mm. I do 10 things where someone does three because there might be a day where I do nothing um which can be really good in some situations but then I realize well hold up I'm doing 10 to average out as five and everyone else is getting a buy on three. What the fuck? Mm. So um, there's that. And then there's also, I, as a way of coping for many years, I just did not plan for my future. Um, I grew up um, with the doctors kind of telling my parents that, you know, 21, hopefully 25, amazing, 30, wow, rare. Mm. And that was the reality in the 90s with people with this disorder. Thank God there's been advances, advancements in technology and health. Um, but yeah, something that I deal with in order to manage my health, because I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was like 20, and it just meant that the issues of the fibromyalgia co- were causing me to be in a constant state of a crisis. Mm. So then my body was getting weakened, and I was basically at death's door. And I tell you, you never know fear until your doctor looks at you like, uh, what do we do? Mm. Uh-oh. Oh, geez, yeah. And you think, oh, you're supposed to have the answers, sir. 
at Trisha's woman. But I was scared, basically. And they kind of just let me and my mum know, just go home and be with your family. Oh, no, I don't watch enough Grey's Anatomy to know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the grace of God, um, I'm much better than I was then. Um, and I go through red cell exchanges, which are blood transfusions, and I do that every six to eight weeks. Yeah? Go on, go on. Oh, okay. I do that every six to eight weeks, and that's what keeps keeps me having a certain quality of life. That's what healed me for the first couple of years, and that's what allows me to go throughout the year without having any major crises and it manages my health. Mm. So, so t- obviously, you've lived with sickle cell for your entire life, and yeah. then um, at 20, was diagnosed with another. And 20 is quite a fragile time to receive any new information, yeah. but, uh, you know, on top of everything else yeah. we're going through in life, to then be like, okay, I'm now living with an illness. Now, I don't have that personal experience myself, but there's been times where I've spoken to friends who are sort of, you you alluded to this, like dodging and weaving and not making plans, and I'm like, why are you not going for that job? And really digging and being like, is it because you're concerned that you're going to be off or whatever? Because I, in my experience with my friends, um, they've often found it quite hard to approach employers or to go employers or to go for a new job because there's always this at the background, but am I going to be good enough? Am I going to get it? And so my question for you is like, at 20, when you're you know embarking upon your career, how important or prevalent was it in the front of your mind to be like when I'm in this interview I feel like this is information I need to share or not good question um I answer it in two ways I I had I had the dream of being an actress and not just any actress I really wanted to be um part of a touring theater and then when I was confronted with this added um diagnosis I was like well that's not gonna work so Traditional jobs were never hard for me. And I think that's in terms of interviewing and all that. And I think that's because for a long time in my life, I didn't live as though I had sickle cell. I knew how to manage it. And and I knew how to make it that it was never a minus mm-hmm. because I was always going to be the best in the office. I was always going to be the best in school. And um, another thing that helped me was my mum let me know that I had the law on my side. Okay. So yes. and and that if you and that it is the law that you if you inform an employer in your interviewing stage anything that happens that once they're giving you the job they cannot then use it against you because mm-hmm. they knew, um, but if you didn't disclose it and then something happens mm-hmm. that's when they can throw it back in your face. Mm-hmm. So I've always been upfront and honest that I have sickle cell. Anytime mm-hmm. I was going into any situation, um, and I learned that the benefits of that from. Um, school and college because people have a different attitude towards you once they know mm-hmm. and then they also have a different appreciation for how how you are working mm-hmm. the fact that you are showing up because people that are fine sometimes don't mm-hmm. so I learned that there's always um, a freedom in mm-hmm. ex- explaining exactly who you are because when I when I show up to an interview they know I'm a black woman um, without me having to tell them but they don't know that I have sickle cell. So I've already told them what what some people might use to exclude me mm-hmm. by just showing up. They can already see that. Mm-hmm. Let me add the other thing. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm going to hit all three of your quotas, woman, black, and disabled. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You know? What, would you, what has been your experience kind <laughs> of revealing um, sickle cell to potential employers or employers? How have people dealt with that? And has there even been an awareness of what sickle cell is like. Obviously, as black people, majority of us are aware, as a Nigerian, definitely aware, it's very, very prevalent uh, amongst Nigerians. Uh, there's very few people I know that don't have some kind of trait or family member who has mm-hmm. it. So do you find yourself often having to kind of educate the people yeah. that you're... Yeah. And how what's that process look like? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but majority of my employers have been white. Mm-hmm. And white people only know about what affects them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's the same for everyone. Everyone knows about what affects their lives. And so it was always like, oh, okay. Because they don't know. They have no context. So it was never something that was like a shock reaction. Like, oh my gosh, oh, um, mm. what do we have to do? It was just the standard things of, okay, well, you've told us. And usually I've filled out the occupation form. And like I said, for a lot of my um, life before I was 20 it wasn't something that affected me in a in a massive way um, if anything I mean, it just means I was sick for a week of work like people do that for a hangover do you get me for real yeah. so um, it's never been an issue getting the job what it has been an issue is 
in doing the job and in keeping the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely felt an an unspoken pressure or an unspoken yes. judgment of if I'm taking off too much time, yeah. especially when I have these regular transfusions, which I must take off time. Mm. And I ended up doing this terrible thing to myself where I know now I need about a week to recover from these transfusions. That's it. And at, the, at this time, um, with this particular employer, the way I was doing these transfusions was a lot more invasive than the way I do them now. Um, warning, what you're about to hear is graphic. So, <laughs> I used to have to... <laughs> I cannot deal with this girl. Oh, no. my gosh. I used to have to do it through my groin, and they would have oh. to do an incision and cut, basically cut into me to be able to put in the needles in order to yeah. make it all work. And so I would physically not be able to walk for a couple mm. of days. But let me tell you, I'll be back to work Monday, Tuesday. I'll get it done on Friday, be back to work Monday, Tuesday. Let me tell you something, that's fucked up. Mm. <laughs> Who's doing it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was usually my, my problem where I'd feel the pressure. Mm. And I also, because I, even after I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, I still wanted to live like I didn't have anything wrong with me. Mm. I was still holding on to that. And so at one point, I was dead ass working like 48, 50 hours, full-time job. God. And in Henley Money, in hospitality, I was sick. I can't even lie. And I was balling. And um, <laughs> as well as doing that, I was volunteering heavily at my church. Weekly meetings, um, bi-weekly meetings, and always involved in the Saturday group. I was booked and busy. Mm. And my body shut that down. Literally. It mm. got to a point where I was on the tube on the way to work one day, and I physically couldn't move. And my whole body paralyzed. And I said, mm. oh, <laughs> What is this? And that job ended up firing me based off of, Maria, the way your health is up, I wouldn't know if you can do this job no more. And that was the first time someone ever, I'd ever been fired. That's the first time I'd ever been um, dismissed because of my my health. It's Mm. the first time my health ever interfered with my life in such a disrespectful manner. Mm. And I remember feeling like people telling me, you should sue, you should do this and that. But I'm a woman of faith, and I just said, you know what? God said vengeance will be his. Mm. They ended up paying me for another two months, the way it worked out. So it was yes. fine. Mm. But um, I have this the job I'm in now, because I have a day job. I work for um, the NHS as an admin clerk, is the first job where I feel appreciated for what I bring, mm-hmm. and I don't feel as though my health is a burden, it's a negative or anything like mm. that. And... I saw that reflected in when I had a crisis in August and I was actually off for three months and this was just before my year anniversary of the job and I'm technically agency staff so they didn't need to keep my me on. They didn't need to keep a space for me. But my manager was like messaging me, emailing me and was like, don't worry, take as much time as you need. What's important is your health. And I thought, oh, you're just saying this. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And then she was like, let me know. You know, you, your space here is confirmed. I said, is it? Okay, then I won't rush. And I actually, for the first time, waited until I was all the way better before I went back to work. Mm. And when I wanted to go back to work, she said, let me know what days you want to do. Let me know what time. I said, wow. Ooh, this is what it feels like to be in a workplace that appreciates you, that knows your worth, and that doesn't ever make you feel less than because you have something. And and I've seen them in the way do that with other other of my colleagues that have different issues and stuff like that. They're doing it right now. So many people are on extended sick leave. And I think there's a real beauty in that. And I think it's something that they're able to do because it's such a big organisation, it's the NHS. Sometimes smaller businesses are not able to do that. Yeah. But I mean, I would, I would be quite shocked. I think it's quite shocking to hear that you were going through minor surgery and coming back on a, a Monday, Tuesday, for example, your example, like having it on a Friday, coming back early on the next week, and the manager not saying, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. did, I know you put, like, essentially your own pressure on yourself for whatever reasons, whether it was how you were perceived or you had work to do, but surely there must have been times where you were like, I'm here, but it, it isn't anybody concerned that I'm here? I think... There's a level of concern that people are happy to have as long as it doesn't inconvenience their bottom line. Mm. Yeah. People don't want to feel as though they're paying for you to not do what they've wanted you to do. People don't want to feel as though... People want to be like, take the time that you need, but be back by Thursday. That's, yeah. that's what's said but not said. Do you know what I mean? And um, I remember I left a job when I realised 
the part-time work I'm doing, I'm not really getting paid for the level of my contribution. And the effort I'm putting in to kind of carry over everything else, because there are a lot of things were going on in that workplace at that time, it's just not reflected in my paycheck. It's just not worth it anymore. It's, 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 I need to leave. And, oh, the savagery in which they were like, because I was like, I have to do my month's notice and I'll be back in, da, da, da. They were like, no, just don't come back. Mm. To the point where... I wanted to collect my stuff, and the HR lady was like, um, I don't think it would be a good idea. Because I said, oh, is it, is it that bad? Oh, you guys are really hurt, hurt that I'm leaving. Wow. Mm. So now I know you never cared, and it was fake. Mm. So I think there is, there's some of it, a lot of corporations forget that it's a human thing. Yeah. And you just see you as a number. And that's where their real interest is. And that's why you have to have... I always tell people, when you're on probation, they're also on probation. See and test them. Test your workplace. Are they good in these situations? See how they are in certain things because sometimes they don't show you their true colours. We all know when you're trying to... It's like... um, when your school's doing Ofsted and they tell and your oh, teacher's yes, like, that's the listen, best example. we've got Ofsted this week. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I want you to be on your best behaviour. No, miss, I'm going to show our true colours. Let's get graded for real, mm. yeah? Let's not fake it for the outstanding. Mm. What is it? What's the truth? And that's how it is when you're interviewing for the job. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the it's truth. The they truth. put their best foot forward and that's why you need to make sure that when you go for a job, you talk to people um, who already have the job. Mm. Find them on LinkedIn. Talk to them. Say, what's your experience in this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Find people who've had the job but left, moved on. Yeah, why what did was they your leave? experience? Da, 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 da. And find out the truth because people will tell you the nitty gritty and that's what you need to know whether this is a job that can suit your lifestyle. You don't want to give yourself three years into a job and now when you need maternity leave, realise that you don't feel secure in a job you've given three years of your life mm-hmm. to. They're asking you, when are you coming back? And what, you just what do you mean when I'm coming baby? back? Hmm? Yeah. I've created life. When so, are you coming to see me? <laughs> so, so, I know it's not different, it's not, this, it's not the same, but a lot of people will feel like they can't take time off work. Like, I'm a number one person, like... I have to, unless I'm like physically dying, mm-hmm. I will just not take time off work. And now we have a laptop and a um, defender code, and we can work from wherever we are. Mm. It then becomes even worse. Like it's not even ex- seen as acceptable to actually take a sick day. So I know it's not the same because you have like a life altering condition. But what would your advice be to people who feel like they can't even take one day off? So I don't have advice for people. I have advice for black women and women. Mm. And my oh, advice yes. is... <laughs> yes, sorry. Mm. Sorry, Miss Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, let me forgive you. That's who it impacts My me. advice is, do give yourself the privilege that white men have taken in your job. Mm. Because if Steve took off two weeks and he, you, you know it wasn't that sickness, it wasn't that bad, give yourself the time off. If you know your periods are very bad, give yourself three days off. I'm yeah, telling sure. you, if you know that when you are in, you do 150% of the work, mm-hmm. and when Steve is in, he does 80% of the work, you deserve the time off. Because mm-hmm. guess what? You've done enough work that no one should feel your absence. Don't let people become accustomed to the more that you always give. Yeah. You give more so that you can take time off. Mm-hmm. Not just so that you can just keep 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 giving more because guess what your workplace will always take more mm-hmm. even if they're not showing it in your paycheck mm-hmm. even if they're not showing it in your benefits mm-hmm. what workplace is going to say oh natalie you've done more than the work for the quarter that's needed why don't you take some time <laughs> off Never. hell no hell no None. these are the people that will hell tell you your annual leave does not roll over Mm. so yeah. make sure that oh. you take your sick days because you're entitled to them make sure that you take your annual leave because you're entitled to them and if they make you feel away feel fresh to go to HR and say I'm feeling pressured by my management that I can't be sick because the law is on our side and that's what we need to remember but isn't it potentially listen that was some that was yes, like please. too much I'm ready to speak in tongues you know, I, I can't, I can't wait please. to listen to this back and turn that the Bible says there's a time up. for everything I swear I'm here learning it's, it's so refreshing to have you here today. My only my only question would be like, um, isn't there the risk of potentially going into, and I know we've covered this before, the whole stress and anxiety route. So mm. I too am an overachiever. Like my mediocre is someone's out, out, outstanding. Yep. Straight. Mm. But like, <laughs> yeah, so in my whole chest. Yes. But like, isn't there the risk of that 
anxiety or you know did you experience how have you how have you managed to not experience when you're saying I'm working harder because I know there's potentially mm. a time when I can't work like I think I, I think I kind of take a little bit of an issue with that in that mm. you should just be able to do your 100 yeah. percent and work without feeling like oh, I'm giving a little bit more I'm gonna work so those I can reclaim it later yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. you should that's just my personality Mm. I like to be able to feel like I have an upper hand in a situation. So if you want to try for me and come for me, I've got receipts. Okay, mm. cool. That's, mm. that's just me. However, you should be able to do just 100%, which is what I feel everyone should be doing on the job. Mm. Especially because you know you work with people who are doing 60 and yeah. not getting called up on it. Yeah, um, yeah you, don't, you don't have to work like that. And, but to that sense of having that own anxiety and stress, work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're, at the end of the day, as black women, there is something in our upbringing, in our lives, yeah. that has conditioned us to think that we need to be the best. Mm. That is a lie. We don't. Period. No more. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. yeah. Can I ask you something? Um, like, obviously, you're not the only person that kind of faces these issues in the workplace. Have you found, like, a source of support uh, mentally, That's emotionally, however it is, whether inside the workplace or outside the wor- uh, workplace, like, linking up with other people who are in the same position with you, specifically um, relevant uh, black women as well? What, how, what is your support network? So I've always been against those. I'm wrong for that. But um, Why have you been against mm. it? I didn't like the idea of a pity party. And for you to be able to be for those, you also have to be proud enough to say, this is who you are. And I lived a lot of my life denying that this part of me. That's very honest. I like that. Thank you. Mm. Um, And some of those... And also, I know that I don't have the same mindset as a lot of seculars. Um, I'm very strategic in in the way I handle my pain. And the truth of the matter is, there are a lot of... In this community of sickle cell... There are a lot of people who use their sickle cell to not do the best they want in life, who use their sickle cell as an excuse to be waited on and who have allowed their sickle cell to be a doorway into addiction. So mm-hmm. there's those are kind of things that I'm very careful about. Okay. I'm very careful of the energy I keep. But to answer your question, my support system has been my sister. Mm. She also struggles with a long-term health condition. She has fibromyalgia which is something I was able to recognise in her once I got diagnosed. I looked at her, I was like, mm. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, Doctor. okay, tick, oh, wow. okay, okay, tick. I said, girl, you got it. <laughs> I think you had it longer than me. <laughs> in fact, it might be worse. And me and my mum always joke that I have um, a TVMD. I've got a medical doctorate <laughs> from watching TV. I've also lived that life. <laughs> Dr. Maria. For yes, <laughs> but the But the truth is, when you are... Um, a patient, you have to be a doctor for yourself mm. because especially when you have an invisible disability, mm-hmm. um, the first thing that happens when you go to the doctor, the doctor's going to ask you, how are you feeling? They're not going to just look at you and know. You have to be able to understand what's going on so that you can explain to them and then you work together to treat yourself. Okay. So for me, um, my sister and I have always been able to rely on each other mm-hmm. to be that support group um, because for me... I don't just need you to have in common that we're black women or that we have a chronic condition. I also need you to be the same with me in the sense that you have a faith and a reliance on God. Mm. Because otherwise, my the way I'm dealing with things is not going to make sense to you. Yeah. And the way you're dealing with things, your advice to me, it's not going to apply to my life. Mm. Um, so to me, that's something that's very key. But this year, I'm stepping more into myself and my purpose and I do believe that I am supposed to speak up more for people who have sickle cell and um, which is why I agreed to do this this Mm. is only the second time I've spoken about it publicly you got a strong voice yes oh thank you I use lozenges on a regular (laughs) (laughs) that's the key is that for another no I'm joking No, but seriously, sometimes um, I don't know some of the things that come naturally with my sickle cell because that's my only reality. Mm. So I try to surround myself with people who aren't like myself to broaden my perspective. Mm. So it was only when I had more friends that, you know, and I speak to them that I realise everyone doesn't wake up with a headache or a stomachache, which is what I thought was for everyone growing up. That's when I realised everyone's period doesn't kill them, but for some it does without even having the sickle cell. That's when I realised... 
I mean, sometimes you only know when you talk to your girls what happens. And sorry, my love, you're going to hear something very graphic. <laughs> I didn't mind. know until I spoke to my girls that having needing to shit more when you're on your period is a standard thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's real life. That's, that's yeah, real life. Yeah. But yeah. you will it's think it's your own private shame until you speak to someone about it. <laughs> 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 you will. Yeah, you will. No, 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 and that I, is because yeah. of the pressure okay, of your cool. ovaries onto your yes, it's scientific. You're lying it's scientific. to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's scientific. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. Sorry, to, I didn't know about that. Period poo, alcohol yeah. poo. Yep. Yes, these but, are all real. But really? what I will say, on a serious note, just shut up, Lally. What I will say, what has stood out to me, that I know we were talking about your support system, but the be your own doctor mm. is quite is quite an important point to recognise because we always speak about as black women, you just carry on and carry on and yes, carry on. The whole, yes. oh, oh, I had this little twinge in my chest, but I'm okay because no, I'm breathing stroke, and I'm walking. Do you know what it's I true, mean? It's true, And I think it is really, really, I think that point is really important. And I'm not talking about be your own doctor, go on Google, do, 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 do symptoms, mm. but really, really attune and listen yeah. to your body. So when yeah. you're saying, when you raise the example, you know, uh, I thought it was normal to wake up with a headache. Every day I wake up with a headache and part of my routine is brush my teeth, take a paracetamol. Mm. No, maybe there's something that isn't quite right. And the only how we're going to get other people to listen to us is if we actually listen to yeah, ourselves yeah, yeah. first. Yeah. And I think sometimes, whether it's long-term or short-term or about yeah. to be honest, we just actually don't tune in to what is going on with us as we keep fighting and keep pressing through and you don't need to do that. Do you know and why? I, you know, I think that's an important point. Because we've all bought into the narrative of strong black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No one else has put that in front of their of their womanhood, in front of their race. We've all bought into mm. this strong black woman. Mm. And for that, we have the highest death rates in so many situations. Yeah. Because um, not only have we learned not to listen to ourselves, but like you're saying, others have people have learned not to listen to ourselves. Yeah. So when we say, hi, I'm in pain, I don't think this is just standard labour, they're not listening to us. Yeah. Now we've died in childbirth. Mm. You know, when, when, when we're saying, I've got chest pain, I think I might need an x-ray, I think it's pain, they're saying, you're exaggerating, and now we've died of heart attack. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you need to be the advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in your physical health, it's in your mental health as well. Yeah. If you are noticing a pattern, and this is something that, I was just speaking to my friend earlier today. If you're noticing, you know what? It's really great. I'm just getting more and more sad. I'm getting more and more upset. Mm. Guess what? You're depressed Depressed. because the weather. And that's a natural thing. thing. We weren't made for this. So it's about being more attuned to yourself, not just adapting and moving on. And that's the thing. A lot of these long-term illnesses, so sickle cell, lupus, MS, Mm. illnesses that people live with, they, they actually are very personal to the person who's living with it. Yeah, yeah. So one person who has lupus in this way doesn't look the same way yeah. as it does another person. One person who's suffering from MS in this way, it doesn't look the same way to them, which is why it's especially important because, and, and for, for yourself and for employers, because it's not enough to just say, I've got sickle cell. Oh, that's about your blood cells. No, it's not. This is how For me, me, what that means mm. is, and it's not the same as, as Temi or Sarah in the in, who's sitting next to me, we might have the same thing, but it might not be the same for them, and that's yeah. important. Like for anyone out there who's kind of dealing with this as well, obviously everybody deals with it in a separate way. What would you say to them to kind of encourage them in terms of how they manage it and how they approach mm-hmm. it in the workplace? Maybe they might not want to bring it up in the workplace. You had a, do you have advice for the people that want to go kind of your route and say this? this is me, I have sickle cell, and also advice for people who are just not at that stage yet and how they can kind of manage it and what support what support is even out there for them aside from knowing their rights in terms of taking sick leave and stuff. What's what's some of the positive ways that we can encourage people, not only with sick, sickle cell, but with long-term conditions in kind of navigating that kind of tricky area in the workplace? Okay, well, first things first I would say is have courage. It's so natural to be scared because we see sickness as a failing, whether it's short-term or long-term, whether it's something that's just come on. And unfortunately for black women, we are the highest rated in certain things just coming on set, things like endometriosis Mm -hmm. or things like that that can really disturb your flow of life and make you have to change the way you do things. And I would say, don't be scared. 
have find your courage wherever you find it, whether it's in God, family, friends, a shot. Find your courage. <laughs> so you, you mean can, a prep? Alizé. Green, green no, no, I she didn't. meant Alizé. And you know I'm at the brown, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with me. You know it. Do what you gotta do. Okay, cool, cool. Because end of the day, it is scary. It's cons- it's scary mm. to confront something that you haven't confronted mm. within yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's the step, next step. Have courage and then confront it with yourself. Mm-hmm. Is there something wrong with you? Do you need time? Say that to yourself. Yes, first. And one of the things I always use to to gauge which I had to rewire my brain into thinking about this, was, because I used to think, Maria, if you have the energy to go to the cinema, you can go to work. Hmm. That is a lie. Thank you. And the cinema is just sitting down for two hours. Mm. So now I say, I'm not allowed to go to the cinema unless I could do something chill for fun and, and, and just do that easily. Mm. So if I cannot take myself to the cinema, to and fro, sit, enjoy and come back, I am not able to go to work. Mm. And then three, no. Yeah? What good are you? What good are you? Because there's nothing more annoying. We've all been there at work or in school and someone's sick and now we're jarred. The sympathy thing has passed and now we're jarred. Why are you here? You're sneezing on everything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I start getting annoyed. (laughs) And and you start chatting at lunch. You're like, I know that Catherine's sick, but it's like, okay, we get it. Either just go home or just do the work. So, Can't lie. That's so right. if that's, that's how you could feel about others, do that to yourself. If you are not well enough to do the job, then don't do the job. Your employer don't even want you to come in. Mm. And then I think the fourth thing would be, again, know your rights. If it's your right, your forget God-given, law-given right that you have these days, mm. that you're, you're going to get paid, you yeah. do your research, and you find out what's right, go in with the confidence that, you know what, even if this does make me feel a bit embarrassed, I'm going to say it. So my fifth thing would be fake it until you make it. Even if you're feeling a bit wary, even if you're feeling unsure, don't go in with that energy. Mm. Don't mm. approach things in that energy. Yeah. I would even say, <clears throat> try it. Try it for bats. Just go in and call in sick one day, even when you're not sick. And the reason I say this is because white people do it all the time. Yep. And... I, I, I think you should practice having that kind of wild abandon and no shame. You know I'm not going to work tomorrow, yeah? <laughs> Abandonment. You, should, you need to practice that wild abandon mm. that they blatantly pronounce, you know? Oh, yeah, I just had a hunger. I'm not even going to... I'm coming out tonight. I'm not even going to come in the next day. <laughs> practice that. <laughs> not that you should take it on, but if you can practice that for bants, when it matters, you won't feel so shook to use it. Yeah. Because you're watching your colleagues do it and not getting reprimanded. And your boss knows when they're faking it. Because you, you'll have heard your boss say, oh, I bet they're not even sick. Mm. And you know they're not sick. Everybody knows they're not sick. Mm. And, you're, and they're not in, and then you're not covering their work. Yeah, nothing and nothing happens. happens. Then yeah. they're going to come back, and then boss is going to go, so how was it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then why not you? Mm. And then come with your receipts. That's the sixth and final thing. Come with your receipts. I photocopy every sick note. I photocopy every prescription. I take pictures of myself when I'm sick. I take pictures of the travel thing that's, that says train delay 10 minutes. I have evidence up the wazoo. So you can never come to me and say it's fake because I've got receipt. Mm. I will prefer to, instead of calling up, email so that you see you have the email thread where your employer said, that's okay, take as long as you need. You said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Because people love to forget what they said to you in that moment of compassion. Mm. So those are the things. Make sure you always have a paper trail. Make sure you always have receipts. Mm. I'm so happy um, that you said keep your receipts because there was a colleague that I had and she had a long-term illness. I can't remember exactly what it was, but she didn't... She was very clumsy with her sick notes and her doctor's letters and... I knew she was sick, you could see it, but because she didn't keep it and she wasn't giving it to them, they were questioning, what is this invisible illness that you have? Oh, this, this and this. We don't see this, we don't see that. And I just felt so bad for her, but they were looking to dismiss because she wasn't producing all the things that she needed. Yeah, and that's their right. Exactly. That's their right. So even when you apply for the job and you've written it down, Take the picture, inquire. Oh yeah, I just want to know if, if can I set up a meeting with the occupational health team? Yeah. If they don't have that, red flag, leave. Yep. 
Hundred percent. Why are you there? They don't have occupational health. Excuse me. You need your. You need your chair. No, because it's true. See, it's true because people, they have special yeah. chair. They have special mouse. There's so many because things. Because people even who are dyslectic are not right. shy to say, "I need the um, yellow thing in front of my screen." So people that mm-hmm. can't even just read the way that you read mm. are asking and speaking up for themselves. They have special. And you're screen. shy to advocate for an actual illness. Mm-hmm. Don't be shy. Mm. I love, I love this space. I'm so... I'm calling in sick on my period. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling in sick for Why months. are you letting your left hand know what, what your right, right hand, hand is doing? Because it's her right. It's her right to do it. Yes. Everything that she's saying is her right. some time. No, but you know why I love this space is because, and which many of the listeners have said that they really fully enjoy the town hall segment. And we were so conscious in making sure that this was... Uh, this told as many stories as possible and that it wasn't just about us four sitting down talking about our own lives. And I've sat down and I've li- I feel like I feel like I'd, I could listen to you for so yeah. much yeah. more. Like I've actually learned so That's much. Thank you. And whilst... <laughs> no, man, it's the truth. And like, whilst I can't... Like today, I don't... Any, any of us could chime in to talk about long-term illness because yeah. that's not our reality. Yeah. Mm. God knows what will happen in the future. Mm. And God knows yes. for all yes. of our listeners out there that are listening to you and your experience and how positive you are and how mm. how you've navigated your way through. And it's, it's, it's been as well. glorious to be able to like Amen. sit down and and listen and share your reality mm. just for this hour. Thank it's been you. great. Thank I you. I would want to say one thing on that note, though. As, as positive as I've sounded, I want everyone to understand that you have a right to feel upset when these things yeah. happen. Yeah. You have a right to take time and just be like, this is shit. And I'll be honest, I've, I've found many ways to cope, but coping isn't the same way of dealing. Mm, so mm. I'm in therapy now, sickle cell specialised therapy, and Ooh. I feel very bougie. Can I ask you? Talk no, can I ask you? Just, that. Please, is, that, please, is that free? Is that it is free. Okay. So um, one of my nurses, shout out to Angela. She's yes, my, Nurse Angela. She's my transfusion <laughs> nurse, and I have to say, that my care at St George's is the top. And I would say anyone As in who's true in St George's, yes, yeah. yes, honey. Yeah. And I would South say London. anyone that does have sickle cell, if your hospital, if you feel like you don't want to go to your hospital when you're having a crisis or when you're sick, change hospital. That's your right. Um, St George's is one of the best care in care for sickle cell, mm. in my opinion. And my sickle cell nurse. We were just talking in general. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned that um, there's um, a doctor for sickle cell patients mm-hmm. um, who does therapy with them and she's really good. People like them. Mm-hmm. And I believe I was just inquiring when um, my organisation, Brown Sugar Movement, were doing a health day last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And I wanted to have a mental health segment. And I just wanted to know if she knew anyone. I was really looking for a black woman. But anyway, this woman is white. Um, but she told me about them. So then when I had my crisis in August... Mm-hmm. And I didn't rebound in the same way. And this really bothered me. It, mm. Yeah, it, it broke me. That's mm. the truth. I couldn't walk. It frightened me. I hadn't had a crisis that bad in forever. And it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced. That made me realise I need outside help. Yeah. Mm. And even my therapist, Dr. Jenna Love, shout out to her. She can say in my sessions, Maria, you have such a psychological mind. You have such a good way of thinking about this. But I'm so glad you're here, like yeah. because we can work together. I'd never even, I'd never even thought of that. The yeah. fact that yeah. a long-term illness potentially also comes with specialist therapy to mm. go with that, I didn't know. because yes. you spend so much time just living with it yeah. and navigating it yourself, and you know you've got your sister to speak to, and essentially as part of your illness, the treatment is oh I need my infusions or I need my prescriptions or I need my med, and actually we don't think about this is a long-term illness that I have to live with. Every in terms day. of my life, yeah. in terms of thinking about partners, children, yeah. the workplace, growing old, da da da. That actually, mm. tr- that actually, yeah, I'm. I may need some therapy that goes alongside this illness, and I'm so glad that you've actually shared that as well. Because who knows that actually every long term illness. Mm also comes with Mm. some sort of therapy package. If you have a long-standing illness, go and inquire and check that that's not available to you. I didn't know so many of the things that were available to me. And I remember saying to my mum a couple of years back, gosh, mum, there's so many things that we should have applied for Mm. to make our lives easier. Mm. So also, if you're a parent and you have a child that has an illness, be aware of the things that are are financially owed to you from the government to make your life easier. Because... 
think about how hard it must be for my yeah. my mom as a black woman living as a single woman although she was married Nigerians get it anyway yeah um, <laughs> and having to decide whether she should stay home with her sick child or go to work yeah, yeah. because they're both important but what does she do? Mm. Okay, maybe I stayed in on Tuesday, but I need to go on Wednesday. Or maybe I take a half day on Thursday. So mm. if she had known about some of the things yeah. that were entitled to her mm. from the government to help ease that burden, that could have made it so much easier for her and for me. But that might also still apply to women with, or I don't know, with women with, with parents who have an illness who may be able to yeah. seek something for their children in the same yeah. sense that although yeah. your child's not ill, the fact that you're not able to or to work whatever to that i'm gonna drop another truth bomb i've been very honest on this yeah, podcast <laughs> i had to learn that with my condition and the way i live i cannot hold a full-time job right mm. i work Mm-mm. part-time and i receive benefits right and i had to let go of the shame of that i used to think mm. okay i'll just use that to bridge a gap and when i'm well again what do you mean well again Mm-mm. this is your life b Mm-mm. you are sick and this is supposed to be... No, I shouldn't be paying for prescriptions. Mm. Why should I be paying for prescriptions and I need them? No, I shouldn't be um, scared to take time off work because I'm going to get a lesser pay. No, I should always have for safety or something bridging the gap. Mm-hmm. So that's something as well. Don't put stigmas on things that are there to help you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Accept the help. So I, I don't want to be... Because that's what I was very good at for a long time. Giving off an image that I was doing it all and living the best. Nah, fam. I have used the things out there to give me the life that I'm living now. And this is my first time in many years where I've been in a job for over a year. Mm. And that's because I've had the safety of my benefits to cushion it, to take the pressure off, Mm. so that I can be consistent in my work. Because what people don't like is not that you're off sick, it's not that you take time off, it's that you're inconsistent. Mm. It's that you're not honest. So if you're honest and you're upfront, I'm going to need a month off. People mm. can plan for that. Mm. But if you are saying, I'm better now, and you're not 100% better, and then you have to take more time off, mm. that's the problem. Yeah, I'm so glad you raised that. And, um, yeah, I'm really thankful for your honesty and Ooh. transparency mm. in this episode. Like, so Ministry. Many, this is one of the ones that I'm going to go back and listen to quite a few times, because you said quite a few pertinent things. I don't have a long-term health condition as it is at the moment, but there's so much in what you said that I can take that could enrich my working life as well. And I really feel like this is such a powerful episode Mm. that it's really going to help a lot of people out there who are dealing with this because so many people suffer from sickle cell. There's been lots of campaigns recently to try and raise kind of the awareness of this. And it's usually only the people maybe who have family members or friends that are going through it. That participate. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the word. So thank you again for like coming, for speaking on it, for being really frank and honest about your experiences and even kind of revealing to us. Being graphic as well. Yeah, exactly. And revealing to us. We need to know. Yeah. We need to know. And revealing to us kind of the ways in which you dealt with things, which now looking back, you're like, yeah, that wasn't quite correct. It's hard for us to be like self-reflective like that, isn't it? And also recognising that sometimes something was good to deal with in that period of your life. Yes. Reassess. Is that something that you still need to do? Yeah, Mm -hmm. amen. Um, The last thing I want to say quickly, because it just came to me, Research, if you do have a chronic condition, research to see are there centres out there? Are there pain clinics? Are there support organisations? Because I know for Sickle Cell, there are a lot of those. Mm, Um, Sickle Cell Society. Yes, it's your choice whether you want to participate or not. But if you feel as though it would help you to have that community research, because for so many diseases and so many conditions, there are organisations that were built mm-hmm. so that you're not alone, so that they so that they can inform you of your rights. Sometimes they have pamphlets that where you can give to your employers, yes. so that it's not always the burden is on you. Yeah. If only we could have that for racism, so that anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, no, we are the Black Women Working Podcast. The pamphlet is coming. Marketing material. But Maria, right. we're just so thankful for having you here. So, um, so, so you just want to shout out any 
products you have going on or anything you're doing. Brown sugar yes, one. yes, yes, yes. Please yes. tell us. Yes, please um, follow Brown Sugar Movement. Brown sugar so it's brown. <laughs> yes, honey. It's Brown Sugar Ooh, Move on all our now. socials. We don't have Snapchat coming up there yet, but what anyway. Is it? What is it? Um, so movement. we are an organization that's basically been put together to empower, uplift, and inspire Black British women. Yes. It's very a singular focus on us because we feel as though we are a particular particular community that does not have our own space. So black, mm-hmm. not BAME. Not BAME. <laughs> not BAME. <laughs> Shout out to BAME. Trigger, trigger. Because, yeah, you do your bit. But black British, mm-hmm. if you have to Mm-mm. sit down and think about black British representatives in the media or in, in your field, and, you, and it hurts to think about it, trying to think, you can't think of anyone, that's the reason we created this organisation. Me and my best friend, um... Olivia Fraser and last year we launched Brown Sugar Awards mm-hmm. yes. um, which Natalie with Black Girls Book Club was a recipient of our honorary award for business oh, um, and basically thank you, our, thank you, thank you. our whole mindset was not only do we need spaces to be acknowledged and uplifted and celebrated but we need spaces to be honoured we need spaces to be feel like yes. wow she did it I'm going to do it yes, and yes you were seen and we're going to give you an award yes, because mama. sometimes we just think oh, I've tweeted or I've bought something. No, 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 no. You deserve an award. And every time we've built something for ourselves that are just for us, we've had to invite other people into it. Yeah. And guess what? We ain't finna do that. <coughs> yes. This is for black British women. And if you're not black, British and a woman, not either or, all of them. You're not coming. It's not <laughs> for you. With come and support. Yeah, come and support. <laughs> Come into our... You, we're never going to seclude, but you're going to know Spend your money. what it's for. So October 18th, Brown Sugar Awards Ooh. 2020. Yes! yes! Oh. So is there a nomination process? How do people... Yes. So we have been asking people to tweet us, um, Instagram us, at us, all your nominations for things like podcasts mm. or um, businesses. People vote for us, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nominate us. <laughs> Nominate us. <laughs> and um, what we do is we are very um, particular about not making a public opinion thing, not something that is open to the public for, to vote. So we create a commi- committee of black British women mm. who will um, sample um works of all the nominees and then they do an anonymous vote um, and then that's how our I like this I like this I chosen so it's not something where you can rig it or it's not a popularity contest Mm. this is by merit alone and works alone oh I love it and everyone nominated um, they go through a screening process before we even feel like you're going to make the nomination list Mm. and Mm. we see okay is your work matching the rest of the nominees if not sorry bye Um, (laughs) maybe next year (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. And then, no, then, there's cannot, a, then there's a category of honorees, people like you guys with thank your you. Black British Book Club, where we said, you know what? You're beyond nomination and winning. Oh, you you have done the work and you like, just deserve to be honoured. Yes. That's it. You yeah. just deserve the award of Black yeah, yeah, yeah. Honorees. <laughs> so we're really excited. This year we're going to have different categories oh, and yes. different honoree categories. Wow, this is so a Black be a woman working. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you again. Thank Thank you you for listening, everybody. Thank you, all of you guys, for coming. What else would we be for? I'm just saying. Can I thank you? Can I thank you? Can I thank you? (laughs) By law. Don't try and call yourself. There's no law in this room. Yeah, you make your way back. Natalie will be calling in sick. Um, yeah, yeah so, kill yourself for the work you, you made, not for someone else's work. Yeah, for <laughs> real. So just again, shouting out our ads. It's at BWW Podcast UK on Instagram, Twitter and Snapchat. And then you can email us if you want to give us any feedback. If you want to contact us and let us know anything, it's blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. Love it. So thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.